put the word out there that we'd back up. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to the Real Dads podcast, a movie podcast about real movies by fake dads. Uh, joining me today, now that he's finished patching up the multiverse, is Roger Brandstetter in a fresh YB hat. What up, Roger? Hi. Yeah, I went through more Elmer's glue than uh, I care to admit. Uh, but yeah, that multiverse looking good. It's uh new refurbished on eBay. If anyone's looking for it, look, sometimes the fabric of reality is just torn apart when a teenager has trouble just being a teenager. It's, it's tough up there for, uh, for old Spidey Peter Parker. Am I right? Pretty tough. Uh, it- Making it slightly less tough is the scads of money that that movie has made. It's like fifth domestic all time. It, I think, overtook Endgame or Infinity War. Uh, it's behind like Avatar and one of the other ones. It's really, really popular as it turns out. See, that's amazing during the pandemic, too, because I bet if the like rising surge in Omicron, granted, I don't think that necessarily stopped a whole lot of people from going. Uh, admittedly, I went to go see it in theaters, but your boy is vaxxed, boosted. I wore a mask the entire time, except for when I was yelling at various points during that movie. I just had to, I had to let it out because I was so excited. I generally think that movie would have broken the all-time record, though, for box office if it wasn't for the pandemic. I think that slowed a lot of people down. Oh, yeah, for sure. I do think it kind of snuck in right before Omicron became like a a really big deal. Like I think it was emerging and it had maybe not made it to the States yet. But uh, it has now. <laughs> that it has. Um, so we haven't been on for a while, which is fine. Whatever. Um, but it's, it's, it's fine. It's getting to be that point of year again where we really start to dig into the sort of films that we're watching. We want to discuss them. Uh, it's cold out. It's the middle of winter. Even though it's been like really warm the past couple of days, that doesn't stop us from staying inside and watching a whole bunch of film. Uh, the Academy Awards are March 27th, I believe. The uh, Screen Actors Guild Awards are the 27th of February. The Golden Globes, like, low-key happened somehow, and everybody missed it. I don't know what, like, was that on TV, or did they just dropped news on Twitter? No uh, idea. Invite only, no video, no recording, wasn't broadcast anywhere, just celebs getting drunk, presumably with no masks, I would assume, and... Uh, and that's that. <laughs> Honestly, I'm super okay with that because the Golden Globes has always just been like a, I don't know, Hollywood Foreign Press just wants to hold hands with celebrities and have their own little shindig. I don't think they give a shit about uh, what people think about what they're awarding or uh, whether or not they actually want to watch it. I don't think I would have even watched it this time of year had I known it actually was going to be on TV. I lightly disagree. Um I think after it came out that all of their electors or voters or whatever are old white international men, uh, they, I think, reformed some stuff. And perhaps that's why they wanted to not do it this year or there could have been just some reaction. I think that there is a market that people would turn on the TV and watch celebs getting drunk during an awards ceremony. And I, I feel like that would be a fun watch, though I don't 
think that the Globes carry much actual weight in terms of what they're awarding. Although they did get a bunch right this year, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I was actually looking at some of the things they had. Um, not too upset with a lot of it, although I think, like, I don't know, maybe the best actress in a drama win was a little sus for some people just because uh, it was Nicole Kidman who was playing Lucy and being the Ricardos and, I don't know, Sorkin is Sorkin and we love Sorkin, but at the same time, I haven't heard great things about that movie. Um, and that's caused me not to check it out. Just At any rate, I wanted to start this show back kind of a, um, I don't know, kind of a catch up. Let's get back into the rhythm of things. I want to do a recap, uh, I suppose, of stuff that we've been watching, uh, some of the new stuff that's worth checking out. Uh, additionally, I wanted to kind of start doing a little bit of a primer on what people should watch for the Academy Awards. Um, just just movies that they should have on their radar because a lot of there are a lot of movies available on streamer, whether that's uh, for free, like on Netflix or Amazon Prime, if you subscribe to those respective channels, or the premium cinema where you pay like 20 bucks to rent it for 48 hours or what have you. Uh, and then a lot of stuff is going to be coming back. Like uh, King Richard is likely going to come back to HBO. The Last Duel is going to be on there pretty soon. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff that was that came out in the past few months that were on the premium side. Maybe they were there for 45 days and then they're coming back. Uh, so, Roger, what has your film viewing experience been like the past few months? Anything uh spicy that you've checked out uh anything that's you can recommend to people who are listening to us right now oh yeah 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 so the hbo max subs subscription in 2021 and 2020 uh paid dividends just because of the home viewing uh, the same day release for many of the films so I don't know. I think someone on some other podcast said that the biggest ones that like the most people watched on HBO were Godzilla versus King Kong and Mortal Kombat, which is pretty funny because some of the other movies have been like stellar, like some of my favorite movies. And I think there will be more than a couple that get some very serious awards consideration. Uh, so what do we got? Dune was one of those. Absolutely love Dune. Matrix 4 was on HBO. Uh, well, those are the two on my list. But there have been other ones on streamers. Um, the Power of the Dog. And what else? There's other ones. There's there's just been an abundance of real good movies on streamers. And when you have a really big TV like I do, it, I personally don't feel like I lose a lot staying at home versus going to a theater, though it is nice to have tap beer at a theater. This is true. Um, the shared experience of Spider-Man Spider Away Home, even though I was the loudest person in the theater, is still like very fun. Um, this is like me and my girlfriend really like doing the whole like get super amped up for a Marvel movie, go check it out in the theaters. We did that with Black Widow over the summer when there was, uh, again, another little lull in the pandemic. Not to say that it wasn't still ongoing, but at the same time, there was that period of time when we all got vaccinated and we were all like, yay, life is resorting back to normal. Um, so much for that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so much for that. Um, I will say, though, shamelessly, absolutely shamelessly watched Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, big monster movies where the monsters are like 
some sort of representative for nature and it's a man versus nature type of movie. I'm always in on uh, Godzilla, King Kong, Planet of the Apes, uh, anything like that I'm in on. Mortal Kombat, I was never a Mortal Kombat guy growing up, like with video games and stuff. So that one I felt like I was a little bit behind the curve on, but I watched the movie and it was fine. It was a fine movie to have on HBO Max um, just to be able to tune on and and kill two hours on a Friday night. Actually, I don't even think it was two hours long. It was a pretty quick watch. Yeah, it was a little treat. I unabashedly liked Mortal Kombat. Like, it wasn't a great film. The story was pretty trash, uh, but it looked, looked real fun. And I did play Mortal Kombat, and there was enough little nods that I, it was fun. Yeah. Mortal Kombat, I will say, was like freaking 100 and, I don't know, 18 minutes of setting up a sequel is basically what I got from all that. Like, we didn't even get the Mortal Kombat tournament. So that that I know is apparently a big deal. Spoiler alert to anybody who hasn't watched MK on HBO Max. I, I want to tell people what I've been watching lately, but honestly... And we've been crushing movies over this break. My girlfriend's in law school, so now that she's on a little bit of a break, we are just maxing and relaxing. The variant of Omicron uh, is helping in us being able to just stay indoors and chill. But we've been watching a ton of B-level movies, holiday movies, just anything that, I don't know, could be construed as a little bit feel-good. Let me check my letterbox uh in the past week or so we watched uh good boys which is a film i like uh that one's on demand if you have youtube tv um role models dirty grandpa uh dirty grandpa i don't recommend role models (laughs) role models isn't as funny as i remember it to be but still pretty enjoyable um fighting with my family one of my favorites lawrence Pugh is in that movie it's produced by the rock so it's basically this movie was made in a lab for like me and our friend Dylan. Um, and, and it's just, a, it's a really good movie. It's perfect. Oh, a ton of Adam Sandler movies. I, I mean, when you have every streaming service you could possibly imagine, there's there's not a whole lot of limitations with what you can do and what you can watch. And th- this might be a good transition into talking more about like Oscar Beatty type movies, but I watched The Lost Daughter on Netflix recently. Um, that one's been getting a lot of buzz. A lot of people on the interweb, social media, when that movie dropped on Netflix, people watched it. They super enjoyed it. Uh, it's a film directed by Maggie Gyllenhaal. I believe this is her directorial debut. And it stars Olivia Coleman. Uh, Ed Harris is in that movie briefly. Dakota Johnson uh, is a major, major player in that one. I thought it was fine. I don't think it was necessarily for me. Um, and as we've discussed before, that's totally fine if you don't have movies that are always at all times for you because this movie was really about being a mother and like a mother's responsibility to her children to her family um whether or not a person even wants to be a mother um which are all i don't know me with with my gender i cannot relate so uh, i gave it like three and a half stars out of five on my letterbox review still worth watching uh I, i have noted though unfortunately on my handy dandy academy awards spreadsheet it does not have any best picture odds right now and it's late into the best picture season i think if there were 
I think it can still climb. I think more people are still discovering it. However, I, I don't know if it's going to, I think they're doing 10 this year. Um, I don't think it's going to cr- crack the top 10. And um, that brings me to another point too, about streaming and Academy Award type films. Because uh, I have not watched The Power of the Dog yet. Um, I missed King Richard when I was on HBO Max. Like I just, I mean, obviously Same. that was that was around Christmas time and I just didn't have time for it. Um, I haven't watched Tick, Tick, Boom yet. I haven't watched Being the Ricardos, as I stated. So <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to say this long rant is that um, just because movies are on streamers doesn't mean that people are getting to them right away. Um, and pulling the trigger and making sure they watch whatever movie. Cause when I see a movie that's on Netflix or that's on Amazon prime, I'm like, I'm not getting rid of these subscription services. And that movie's going to be on there. Like I'm not going to have to watch it until like <laughs> day of Oscars. If I really wanted to, it's not like I have to get out to a theater to see the power of the dog, which has the best Oscar odds on my sheet so far. So that's, really? that's another thing with streaming. And it's been big this year because we uh, have barely been able to get to the movie theaters if you got to see west side story i'm jealous of you yeah there really is a bird in the hand thing with uh with specifically the hbo ones but i also missed king richard uh and it will be back on something but i uh, that's on my list of two c movies and i don't know is free i'm assuming we're gonna have to rent it at some point here for like five or 15 bucks and i feel like an idiot for missing it but uh, on the other streamers, I mean, they just keep releasing so much. I mean, there's an incredible amount of like really good movie movies that like I even two years ago would not have all been on streaming. Like I remember like Manchester by the Sea was on what was it Prime? There's one from Hulu, yeah. and there are just so many this year between Power of the Dog, Coda, which is on Apple, King Richard, which isn't technically not an hbo film but you know it'll it'll be back on there uh the harder they fall is supposed to be super good and one of my favorite movies i've seen this year is don't look up and that is on netflix and was super duper good yeah i mean the best picture from last year nomadland is is and was on hulu at the time and this still is now um let's talk about don't look up because that's a movie that uh People have a lot of thoughts on, and it's, it's, let me see here. It's current odds for best picture are plus 2,500, which is pretty long odds, but that does put it uh, in nomination territory for best picture. If they do have 10 nominations, uh, they could go with just eight though, Um, but it is in the ballpark. Um, so what are your don't look up thoughts? Uh, immediately after watching it, I kind of was trying to think of where I put it in my list of Adam McKay movies, which is a fun exercise because of the diversity of what he's released between like the stepbrothers and anchormans of the world. And then like vice and, uh, the big short are two entirely different movies. And this kind of strikes a nice balance between those two poles where, it is genuinely very funny throughout, but then it is serious and it's an obvious um, analogy for climate change. It could be seen as an analogy for like the rise of fascism or other kind of gross right-wing forces or like anti-vax conspiracy theories. It's kind of all there depending on how you read it. But the movie itself is 
really well made. I mean, Leo is Leo. J-Law is awesome. Uh, I sort of thought that she carried the first part of the movie and then Leo carried the second part. And the ensemble with these huge actors just popping up in niche parts was real fun. And it's the thing that happens every time that McKay releases a movie where we get to like act two and there's like five straight minutes of it feels like he's reading a script that like I wrote and the movie's made for me. So I'm super high on the movie. I feel like probably higher on it than the average person, but I think among our friend group, probably probably pretty close to on the same page. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. Um, it wasn't something that I thought was, I don't know, groundbreaking, or it's definitely not like Leo's best movie <laughs> that I've ever seen. Um, I'm looking at McKay's IMDb as far as a director goes, and this is probably just his like an, a whole different podcast that we could do um, is looking at the ep, or the TV or the movie, sorry, that uh, Adam McKay has directed. I think I would put Don't Look Up like around fifth or so. So top five's not bad. Uh, I would go Big Short One, Step Brothers Two. I'm a sucker for the other guys. So I think I have the other guys three. Vice, even though Vice gave me the same kind of vibes as Don't Look Up, and then probably don't look up, followed by Anchorman. Um, I'm not particularly high on Anchorman anymore because I've seen it 10,000 times. But anyway, I, I think it gives you like the same vibes as I was saying to Vice. Just one of those movies, it's like entertaining. It has a political twist to it. But then once you get to the end of it, you're just kind of like, oh, yeah, that's that's what did happen. And now I'm. I'm sad and that's kind of a bummer or like in don't look up at the end of it. I was like, yeah, that's exactly what would happen. And that's exactly how like our country and the world would take an actual disaster because like the whole time I was reading it as an allegory for climate change and that we have the meteor heading towards us right now. And we are fucking around and not doing anything and electing Meryl Streep like presidents who hire their uh their sons their kin in major roles and major uh policy maneuvering uh smart so, casting real smart casting uh, i like i like the part in particular at the end and sorry for spoilers but when a bunch of the like uh vips from planet earth including the president just launch off into a different like go to space and go to a different planet is like that's exactly what's going to happen with like the Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos of the world when they keep going to space right now. They're not going to use their fortune, guys, to save us from climate change. They're going to fucking leave <laughs> and they're going to let us clean it up for them. Um, so th that's my uh, that's my manifest on don't look up. See, this is why I was struggling where to put it is because it feels like it's saying it's saying something about the future, whereas I think a big short or vice is saying something about the past, whether immediate or intermediate. And this is saying, well, this is going on now and this will happen in the future. And so I, it's tough and it's genuinely very funny. The entire movie has like really good one-liners and just in jokes and observations about our culture now. And I, I for the mix of comedy and seriousness and comment, just commentary on everything it it's tough for me to put it somewhere 
I want to say it's like three or two, but I cannot for the life of me determine what one, two, three, and four would be on my McKay list. Yeah. Uh, like I said, a whole different pod. Before we get off the Adam McKay train, I wanted to ask you, do you think there's any validity to like, I don't know, the film Twitter arguments of like, why is Adam McKay making these kind of movies? He went from Anchorman and Step Brothers to being like self-serious and making Vice and producing Succession and not being as goofy. Do you think there's any validity to that? No, I think that's idiotic. I mean, I don't know who's saying that in any sort of good faith, having seen what's happened the past like six years in this country, let alone the past 16. It's like, people can have political awakenings or reawakenings or shifts. And ultimately the movies he's been making since transitioning from silly Will Ferrell comedies to serious looks at Dick Cheney or collateral debt, debt obligations or climate change, uh, there's still really good movies. The Big Short is uh, fantastic. Didn't that win, uh, was it Best Screenplay, I think? Or was that mm. Best Picture? Uh, was it Adapted Screenplay? Um, so it was based on the book? I don't even, I don't remember. But it won. It won a major Oscar, I guess is what I'm saying. And it seems like Don't Look Up is going to get some awards buzz as well. So I don't think that argument's particularly valid. Do you have an opinion on it? <laughs> uh, we share the same opinion. I don't think he should be getting any flack for like needing to stay in his lane, quote unquote. Part of that is because like Adam McKay and Will Ferrell kind of dissolved their working relationship. So they're not really producing things together anymore. But at the same time, it's like let directors evolve, let them do other things. Um, there's, I don't want to get into a whole Scorsese deep dive, but, um, and I, I, can you sure? can you, <laughs> no, I don't. Um, can you imagine if somebody was like, Hey, Jordan Peele, why don't you make goofy sketch comedy movies instead of doing like these political thrillers? It's like, stop doing, stop doing the get outs and the us and don't release Nope this year. Do, do something goofy with Keegan-Michael Key. Like, I don't think Adam McKay is as skilled as a storyteller as Jordan Peele, but that's what that feels like to me is when somebody is like saying to an artistic person to stop trying new things and don't evolve, stay in your lane and do one thing. I, I think that's ridiculous. Very yeah. stupid argument. Bad, bad argument. Um, so let's, uh, we, we paused on don't look up. Why don't we just go down and um, why don't we break down some, some items that people should be looking out for so they can get ready for award season. Uh, we've already named a bunch of those movies, but let's dive right into it. What movies do you think are most critical for people to see uh, and are available to see right now that are going to get awards buzz? Well, I'm glad that you specified right now. So uh, probably Power of the Dog. It's going to be in the top few contenders. It's a relatively short and sweet watch. It's on Netflix, which everyone has. And to boot, is pretty damn good. So I'd recommend that one. Uh, I think Coda is going to get some buzz, C-O-D-A, uh, which has been on Apple for quite some time. Uh, I think isn't 
Tragedy of Macbeth out tomorrow. Is that correct? By the time it, people listen? It, it's out right now. As soon as you're listening to this podcast, let's just say that. Surprise. That on Apple TV Plus too. Um, Tick, Tick, Boom is on Netflix. If you, ooh, I think that's Lin-Manuel Miranda's directorial debut. So uh, speaking of people stay, swerving out of their lanes, uh, Becoming the Ricardos, I believe, is streaming now. And I have The Harder They Fall. That's on my list, though. I don't know if it's going to get awards buzz. I've seen that it's quite good. Yeah, I haven't seen any awards buzz for that. Um, I'm actually looking right now to see if this is Lin-Manuel's yeah that is his feature debut um swish so that's great uh swish swish boom (laughs) uh Andrew Garfield getting his flowers this year um spending some good stuff uh the power of the dog yes on Netflix it won uh best drama at the Golden Globes um right now it's plus 170 so it has the best odds to win best picture so far obviously those are evolving as people see more things um stars benedict cumberbatch who was in another major movie from the past year collecting that check and power couple kirsten Dunst and jesse plemons like if you're not seeing it for those two guys exclusively um and with all that star power and the great odds i think the director jane campion is probably going to uh, make the podium, so to speak, for Best Director nominations. Belfast, I'm seeing, is that one's available for, I believe, like premium rental. Uh, it's plus 225 so, uh, to win Best Picture, so that's pretty high. Directed by Kenneth Branagh, who has uh, done a lot of Shakespearean-like movies. Uh, also, the first Thor movie, if you know. But... <laughs> that's where i know him from um he's got some range he's got super good range um shout out to him and harry potter in the chamber of secrets playing professor um whatever the hell his name is the defense against dark arts teacher for that year i haven't seen harry potter in a while i'm a shameful potterhead um i gotta find a way to rent licorice pizza as well um to paul thomas anderson joint this might be the time that PTA finally gets his flowers uh, for best director as well. Right now, Licorice Pizza is plus 1,400, so the odds are getting a little longer here. Gilderoy Lockhart was the answer. Gilderoy Lockhart, damn it. I knew that. I'm sorry, fellow Potterheads. Um, And then I got to see King Richard when it comes back to HBO Max. Um, Will Smith won uh, best actor in a drama at the Golden Globes. so hopefully that's an indicator of good things to come and not just the Golden Globes wanting major celebrities at their awards. Um, but I, I hear Will Smith is actually quite good in that movie. That's the movie. Uh, it's directed by Reynaldo Marcus Green. Um, it is about the Williams sisters, Venus and Serena, as their children and the big influence that their father Richard had in their lives and if you're wondering why this isn't just a straight up biopic of one of the greatest athletes America has ever produced produced Serena Williams and Venus Williams uh it's because the Williams sisters produced this movie they wanted this to be put together and they wanted it to be an homage to their father so uh you know do not get all gassed up and fired up for that 
Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any movies here that don't have very good odds. I really want to see the uh, new Pedro Almodovar movie, um, Parallel Mothers. He's, that one stars Penelope Cruz. He's a Spanish director, Pedro is, and he uh, directed, shoot, what was that other movie starring Penelope? Uh, it was nominated last year, the year before, Pain and Glory. It was nominated the year, or in 2019, that movie came out. So I think it was about to, or it was on the nomination shortlist last year. Like that one was getting a lot of gas. Um, or maybe that was 2020, in the 2020 awards. What year is it? I uh. I don't even know. I can't even function in 2022. Uh, it's been too long. 2022 long. Uh, I, I did see two that are a little lower on the odds list. Uh, that I thought were pretty well. I thought the Green Green Knight was brilliant. That was super duper good. It is quite dense. Uh, my girlfriend and I had to watch a YouTube explainer after it just to make sure that we got all of the plot points. But it was really good. It, I I think had the best use of color in any film that I've seen in a real long time. It's either that or like a Dune. I would put those on the same level. And Dev Patel was freaking awesome in it and then the other one that i saw also a really pretty movie uh was the french dispatch which much like don't look up has an absolutely preposterously stacked cast i didn't personally love that movie i'm not the biggest wes anderstan in the entire world but it uh for to get that many people to be in a movie is pretty cool and it genuinely did look good i was just a little bored by the end of it yeah uh Wes definitely knows how to frick around with the color palette. Uh, this one, you can just tell from the trailers, like pastels, and we're, we're going to give you something pretty visually to look at. Um, a lot of crisp blacks and whites. I'm hoping that I'm hoping that movie gets a little bit more love. I, I think Dev Patel needs a little bit more. He needs more people in his corner in terms of uh, his talent, because uh, he's been a really good actor for a really long time, and... Um, I just want to see more of him. I want to see more of him in more Oscar bait type movies other than like Lion or whatever the last nominated picture he was in. I believe it was Lion, honestly. That was such a long time ago. That sounds right. The Green Knight was awesome. I'd recommend the movie to anyone. Kind, uh, it had some like kind of almost Game of Thrones-y vibes at the front and back, but then... Uh, there's definitely an element of magic and trippy sequences. And I think the thing to know going in is it is an Arthurian like story, like King Arthur Knights of the round table story, mm -hmm. um, and that type of universe. Um, so if you're well-versed in that, you can go in kind of knowing what you're looking at. I'm not that guy. And that is why we needed the explainer after the movie. Excellent. I'll probably need that too, but my, my energy, my vibe always is to do research on uh, even the dumbest movies after I've done watching them. Um, did you have any, and we're, we're reaching the, the mark here where we said we wanted to stop recording here. So we won't go too long. Uh, let you guys get back to your movie watching so we can catch up for next time. Um, do you have any movie recommendations that you've seen recently that have either light oscar chances as in like maybe for a technical category or a musical category not like 
best picture director, actor, like the big ones. Uh, any recommendations in that area for people who are just not really into the whole glitzing glamour of a really good Oscar movie? Um, geez. Well, for the technical categories, I, I sort of feel like the Marvelverse type of movies are going to be your best bet. Um, particularly this last year where so many have been able to be streamed at home. Um, and even if you didn't go to theaters, they're coming out on Disney plus relatively quickly and they tend to, I, I think they vacuum up the best visual people for their CGI stuff. And so I, I guess any of those, I didn't love black widow, but it was still a really fun movie. Uh, Shang-Chi the same. I've not yet seen Eternals, but I mean, I can't imagine it's not going to be awesome. So I would recommend any of those or any of the Oscar hopefuls that we talked about that are on other streaming stuff. Yeah. Um, Eternals is on Disney Plus today, January 13th at the time of recording, directed by Chloe Zhao, who uh, her film Nomadland that we mentioned before won Best Picture last year. Ever heard uh, of it? She also won Best Director. No big deal. Um, yeah, uh, solid recommendations just to flip on Disney Plus. Disney Plus is crushing it right now with content. So um, there's always something good to watch on there. I am going to go deep, deep into my letterbox tier. Um, follow me on letterbox, Jordan underscore Smith 27. That's my name on there if you have it. Um, I'm going to recommend... Uh, a couple movies here. I'll start with Matrix Resurrections. Um, that was just kind of a really solid fourth movie in um, the Matrix universe. It might not be uh, what some of the more hardcore Matrix Matrix bros wanted, uh, but at the same time, I'm just all the way here for Lana Wachowski kind of reclaiming this series um, away from like the red pill incels who have like co-opted the entire uh first movie to i don't even know what their end game is but uh she's basically reclaiming that movie and it, it's very good to watch like it's super meta in a fun way that like it's winking at itself but it's not all out like making fun of itself so i think that the, the meta commentary there in the matrix is perfect because the matrix is itself a meta commentary on a lot of things, whether that's um, whether it's a trans allegory or uh, our relationship to power or relationship to how we function in our day to day lives. Another recommendation I will make uh, this movie is not currently on a streamer, but it's about to be on HBO Max. And I'm going to go ahead and recommend Free Guy. It's uh, directed by Sean Levy, starring Ryan Reynolds, uh, where Ryan Reynolds is basically a NPC, a non-playable character in a video game world. Um, he's a bank teller, and eventually he starts to, I guess, more or less become self-aware. Um, so this is a little bit lighter of a Matrix <laughs> movie, in a sense, because you have real people like plugging into this world. And um, uh, it's it's a pretty good movie. It's just fun. Um, there's a lot of like video game references. And if you're a video game player, you'll definitely understand. Uh, I don't know all the subtle details with how I don't know, just how you speak to your friends on PS chat. And you, when you're talking about NPCs and uh, when people are 
leveling up or when they have to go in to uh like a gamer lobby basically like it's just a it's a fun movie it's not the best movie in the world but it's a light movie to watch um and that's my those are my recommendations you just describe video games like you don't play them regularly <laughs> well, i'm trying to be accessible and at the same time think of uh different instances of things that they say in that movie um and anyway. he's on me push push <laughs> oh man i can get into caldera baby um any, anything you want to plug before we log off here roger i don't have i don't have anything else uh i am not super active on social media but if you want to throw me a follow uh i'm raj rog underscore podge on twitter raj 15 podge on insta uh i i don't post that much it's it's not that great of a follow but whatever if you have any movie thoughts you can hit me up there awesome uh definitely hit up roger there um if you have any questions or if you have any topics or i don't know maybe you want to come on the podcast and talk to us a few minutes about something you've seen recently, because you have a lot of thoughts on it. Um, and you know, my name is Jordan Smith. Um, I mentioned before, you can follow me on letterbox. I really want more people to, uh, start using that. If you're a movie buff, uh, it's Jordan underscore Smith 27. My Twitter handle is exactly the same. Um, I want to thank everybody for taking the time to listen to us. Uh, sorry for the inconsistency, but 2022 will be a better year. Thank you for listening to us, fellow movie dads. See you soon. Bye. All right, recording starting. Do a little countdown here. Get back into the flow. It's been a few months. All right. Welcome everybody back to the Real Dads podcast, a movie podcast about real dads by... Damn, I messed that up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try this again. Take two.